It's Monday, everyone. Happy Monday. We are going in to help you to study the concepts from V2 and Quick Facts to make sure that you are getting the most out of your journey to passing NCLEX. Some of you want to do it in 30 days or less, so we got to make sure that you are studying it. So today we will be talking about Piaget's theory of cognitive development. That's right. That's right. And you're going to want to stick around for this. This subject is found in your quick facts book and look at this i'm going to challenge you because if your quick facts does not look like my quick facts and so my name if your quick facts does not look like my quick facts for this topic this is it right here you need to dig deeper into this subject because this subject is intense but quick facts does a beautiful way of making sure that we learn it so let us endeavor to get into this book, get into this book. So we'll be going over the topic. And then, of course, I have some practice questions for you at the end of it. Hey, for those of you who have been rocking with us, the 30-day challenge started the beginning of January. And as we are closing out January, those of you who have taken the initiative to get into the 30-day challenge, you have been consistently in the trial of V2. You've been reading the emails that I sent and you have been making the best use of your time. That is what the expectation is. All right. And remember, the trial version will give you kind of a preview of what my full program is like. So shout out to all of those of you who have it. Also, the code, the coupon code invest is coming to an end. And so if you want to take 30% off of your purchase of V2, Use the code investing you have until January 31st to do that. Also, I'm getting the messages for those of you who just have quick facts, but you want the online access. Remember, if you have quick facts already, when you upgrade to the online access, you're going to get a discount because you don't need quick facts again. So this also is a great time for you to use that coupon code because it's already going to be a, a lower price and then you'll get the rest of the course. 30% off. So keep that in mind as you are thinking about joining my program, joining my program. And guess what? One more thing. All right. One more thing that we have coming up. I am really looking forward to spending this additional time with you guys. My goal is never to have you doing more things, but this is something I want to have you doing more of, and it is loving your content. That's right. My free Valentine's Day special with you, if you don't have a Valentine's, let me tell you how much your nursing license needs to be your Valentine. Um, February 12th and 13th, set your calendars. We are spending those two nights together, Remar nurses, you and me, and we are going to go over maternity. That's what we do. Love your content. Yep. So I have an amazing study session planned for you. And just, just thinking guys, you know, I don't want you to do more than what you have to do, but there are some times when it is good for us to be together, Mondays and Wednesdays. That's all I require of you for your virtual study sessions. That's it. So if you are able to sacrifice Mondays and Wednesdays, you will find that getting through my course is a lot easier. Okay. All right. So we're going to get into it on today. Hey, shout out to Nurse Dre. Receiving my passing NCLEX results yesterday, I want to personally thank you and your program for helping me through my NCLEX journey. 
And with pride, I can say, I'm a Remar nurse. Love that. Congratulations, Dre. I'm happy to read this. Who else? I know there's some more testimonials. Feel free to let me know it's Monday. This is Monday Motivation. Mary B, Canada. Hi, Regina. I passed my Rex PN exam here in Canada. Thank you for creating your program that is helping us. I'm officially a Remar nurse. <laughs> Congratulations. Who's next? Who's next to come on here and let us know that you two now have your license? Oh, it's so good. We're getting into Piaget's cognitive theory of development. Very important here. Um, again, I, I mentioned the 30-day challenge, so I'm just going to get right into it. You must know development. You must know development when you talk about preparing for your nurse license exam. It is very important for you to understand your patient, where they are in their learning ability, and where they are in their understanding ability. And depending on the age of that patient, you're going to be needing to adjust your nursing care. And so development is an increase in the function and processes related to body and mind. And we know that the NCLEX makes us understand developmental milestones. I do cover that in my lectures. So on your um, B2 lecture course, workbook page 18 is going to review the developmental milestones. You got to have those memorized. Those are something you have to have memorized. It's a little tricky when we are learning developmental milestones because even though there's a great generalization, people are different, right? People are different. So we're studying Piaget's theory. He created this theory in the 30s, 1930s. And so if you think about children then and you think about children now, are we expecting some variances? Are we expecting some outliers in how children are developing? So we definitely have to look at genetics, physical, social, and emotional environment. Because I'll tell you, I'm, I'm studying these, these stages with you guys. And I know for a fact that my three-year-old, although it says she's not supposed to really understand the world around her, this girl can pick up a uh, iPhone, turn on the camera, take a selfie, and if she chooses to, take pictures of me if she's in the mood to do that. But mostly it's selfies. Uh, am I the only one? You know, I, the, the children today seem to be extremely advanced. I know newborns that are holding their neck up day one, you know, things like that. So, you know, as, as we are reading this, as we are reading these, please keep in mind that socially and culturally, you're gonna have different variations. All right, we're on page 70 of Quick Facts. And again, for those of you who are coming on, this is my page 70. So you can add all of the notes that I'm giving you to, to this here, okay? All right. So cognitive development, it requires us to consider multifacets in our assessment. We want to know the child's behavior. We want to know their playing abilities, their skills, educational milestones, interests, the language that they speak. And also we're interested in how they're interacting with other people, their age, older or younger. John Piaget, I asked this question because I just wanted you guys to tell me, was this a nurse? 
in nursing school, we are required to learn these theories, which is so interesting to me. Are they all nursing theories? Was this man a nurse? No, this man was not a nurse. Interestingly enough, he was a psychologist and his, um, his research is actually quite controversial. And it makes me wonder like, you know, we adopt these theories that men created and we hold on to them. But did you know that he actually did this research on his own children? You know, which is really kind of like, mm, is it unethical, right? How are you really doing this on your own children? Why are we still like so tightly prescribed to this? This is this is just where we are. But no, this man was not a nurse. He was a psychologist and he developed essentially the idea that all children to adults will move through these four stages, four stages of intellectual growth. And you can see these stages presented in the form of a chart, steps, a ladder. It doesn't matter how it's presented, but I do want you all to know that you move through these stages in one direction and you don't skip a stage. Everybody starts at sensory motor and then we end having the ability to think abstractly and we consider other people. So we're gonna go over the four stages here. Okay, so really quickly, I wanted to give you a short description of the stage. So even if you don't remember anything else, you will know a really base understanding of the stage. So sensory motor, sensory motor, a short description of that is sensory intelligence. So this is how you're learning through your senses, which babies do. Read page 70 of Quick Facts if you want the bare bones of it, okay? Then the next is the pre-operational stage. And this is you coming into a logical form of thinking. Not quite there yet, but some things start to make sense. Concrete operational stage. This is where you are able to have systems and you're able to categorize things and you're able to understand, um, you know, you're, you're able to understand the direction that things are going in. Okay. And then finally, we all hope to achieve formal operational thinking. So if NCLEX asks you to put these four in order, you all now have the correct order. And if this is your first time watching my lives, then on Mondays and Wednesdays, consider this your study session. Consider this your study session that you need to be participating in, okay? Remember, I don't need you guys studying with me online every single day, but Mondays and Wednesdays should be reserved for you to attend class or watch the session later on to get these notes, okay? Okay, so the first stage, the sensory motor stage goes from zero to two years. I want to just take a little bit more and break down the sensory motor stage because I feel like there's a lot of changes that happen quickly when we're first born, okay? So zero to one month is a newborn. Have we all taken care of newborns, okay? Have we all taken care of newborns before? What we are noticing and what NCLEX likes to focus on is when a baby is first born, 
they will have reflexive behavior, meaning these are things that the baby is not really controlling. They just happen naturally. The ones that I want you to know, and this is part of sensory motor learning for kids, moral reflex, okay? Palmer implantar grasp. This is, this is, this is month one fundamental nursing. The rooting reflex and the stepping reflex, okay? I'm not giving you the definitions of these. My expectation is that these words are common to your understanding. Um, they're very fundamental terms. And if you don't know them, what are you supposed to do? If you can't remember what moral reflex is, write it down and then go back and that's right. All right, um, look it up. One to four months, what are we doing? We're seeing still sensory motor, okay? Babies are learning through their senses. They're doing things that feel good. They're doing things that are repetitive, that they have access to. So thumb sucking, all right, or pacifier sucking, kicking their legs, and then they're able to turn their head to where they hear sounds, okay? Now we go into the six to eight months, Six to eight months, this is also sensory um, motor development, but babies begin to have more of an awareness about themselves, right? And so, and also their environment around them. So I have here explores the environment using those same repeated actions. Um, they know that if they pick up a rattle and they shake it, they'll hear a sound. So they... They love to play with the rattles. They love to play with toys, right? Also, they're able to understand this concept, and this is huge. It's not in quick facts. It's in the lecture notes. But for those of you who don't have my program, maybe it's the first time you're watching, you need to remember object permanence, object permanence, because it is something that Piaget does um, allude to, does reference. And object permanence is essentially that even if a child cannot see something, they understand that it still exists. And so this changes everything. It's like when you come to know, you know, like the first time I tasted chocolate, it changed me, right? And so for children, the first time that they realize that, hey, my mom could leave the room, but she still exists. Then what do they do? They know they can cry and then their mom will come back. So babies really have a new understanding of their environment. Like if they put, you know, if you take a, the rattle and you put it under a blanket, the baby will do what? Because of object permanence. You take a rattle, you put it under a blanket and the baby will do what? they're going to pull back that blanket and get their rattle. Where previously, before, they would just be like, well, rattle's gone, time to move on with my life. So yeah, so this is a very important developmental point that we need to understand as nurses. Yep, they're gonna search for it. Eight to 12 months, we do have um, a, an infant that is more engaged, again, with their environment, they are beginning to understand that words have meaning. Um, they are beginning to understand that, of course, object permanence means that I can, I, I can behave a certain way to get 
things that I desire, right? Um, and so they actually have a form of problem solving. And this is very interesting to see your newborn, you know, progress into this stage of their life. 12 to 18 months, we are rounding up this first sensory motor experience for children, and they're able to perform like mini experiments. They're able to, they're like, you know, putting things in their mouth. Does it taste good? Does it not taste good? Mm, this is carrots. I do like carrots. I will eat them. I don't like green beans. I'm going to spit them out and I'm going to see what happens, right? So trial and error, but it's still... They're learning mostly through what? Is it somebody explaining things to them? No. Is it, you know, is it um, them going out very far into the world and learning about life and how others consider things? No. It's very much in my own little space. What can I learn about the world around me? So this is what we see. And then finally, 18 to 24 months this is where we begin to see the ability to have an imagination. We begin to see connections being made to, let me see how, I really love how Quick Facts puts it. I mean, I wish I could have just literally just read this, but it says here, um, make it big. It says here, child learns about reality by interacting with his or her environment. And then, so the clinical priorities are the child learns through the five senses, imitates behavior, develops object permanence, what we talked about, and has goal-directed actions. So this is why programs right now that we see, like um, Gracie's Corner or Miss Rachel, these things are extremely valuable for this age group because it helps the child to be able to use that beginning imagination and understanding. Okay. Uh, two to seven years old, this takes us to our next egg, um, takes us to our next stage. And this is called the pre-operational stage, pre-operational stage. And what we have here are these early school age children who have the ability to focus on a certain aspect of an object or a certain uh, way of positioning that object. So they do have the idea of, you know, uh, categories and superheroes. And they have the idea that, you know, if you are, if you, if you are the fastest, then that means you are the best, right? If you are the tallest, then that means you are the best. And it really goes into one direction where they can only see the, the, the good of things or the bad of things. They're very black and white. And so this can allow them to interact with other people, but in a very limited way. So when we think about things such as bullying, it doesn't actually start in high school. Bullying actually starts when we begin to categorize ourselves against our peers. So this is very important for parents to understand that when you send your preschooler to preschool, they can indeed get bullied in preschool because they are different, all right? So we have here this uh, pre-operational stage of thinking. Oh, let me, what I wanna do, I wanna try to make sure that I'm reading 
the quick facts notes for this too. Pre-operational. Child moves from pre-logical, um, child moves to pre-logical thinking, learns past, present, and future. So they're able to understand those concrete, um, those, um, not concrete, but those one directional things. No abstraction yet. So no abstraction thinking. Our, our um, clinical priorities for this age group is they can be very egocentric. I put the definition of egocentric down here and it is thinking only of one's self. So that's just, that's naturally where they are. That's naturally where we are. And sometimes parents like to punish children for being egocentric and thinking of only themselves, but that's literally the best that they're doing. They're doing their very best in that moment. And then um, that's it. Pictures, ego, um, that's how they're able to learn. All right, let's go to the next stage, which is the seven to 12 years old. This is called concrete operations. This is where they unlock abstract thinking. This is great. They're able to focus on more than one aspect of a situation. The, um, the quick facts here, it says here, develops a structured and organized level of thinking. They are able to classify. They're able to understand conservation. They're able to understand reversibility. This is the understanding now. Here, let me read in quick facts. Child is able to move to a logical thinking, able to do abstract thinking. They can also understand the, um, the situation of death. This is, very, this is very big for psych. At this age, they're able to understand that if a person um, passes away or dies, that they won't magically return um, and they're able to process it emotionally as well. So our, um, you know, so our, all of our, the way we handle this age group is to support this type of emotional and physical understanding. 12 and older, where hopefully we all achieve to be, unless there is some other developmental delay, is scientific and abstract thinking together. And we are able to reason systematically and symbolically we're able to understand these theories and concepts. We're able to analyze them. We're able to position them as being good for mankind. And we're also able to deduce things that um, maybe may not be the best for us and come up with ideas that may be the best for us. So with the formal operations, we can learn about Piaget's theory. Like we can say, okay, this psychologist had this theory. However, I don't have to prescribe to it. I also don't have to think that um, because I don't subscribe, prescribe to it, that he's a bad person because he does. So we're able to see people where they are, appreciate where they are, and then also have our own existence being unharmed at the same time. And it's a way for us to live together. I wish more people could get to this level of, of existence where we're able to exist, but not feel a need to inflict harm on other people because they're living differently than you are, right? So this is what the formal operations is supposed to unlock for us.
So our nursing considerations are going to be Number one, sensory motor. We are going to be monitoring for things that are going to affect the senses. Monitor for hearing and language deficits, providing appropriate stimuli and toys. You know that for NCLEX, you better be able to understand what toys are going to be safe and appropriate depending on the age group. That's important. Pre-operational, this is our two to seven-year-old. We want to encourage toys and activities that can widen their imagination. We also have the concrete operational. This is our seven to 11-year-olds. We want them to indeed allow expression of their individual viewpoints. And then formal operational, it is to provide guidance on sorting out their attitude, and opinions. We don't mind people having opinions. We just want to make sure that they are um, safe and they're free to um, be healthy as they are operating in this stage. So as we are about to do our practice questions, I need to tell you that part of Monday is for us to work together as a class to unlock our bonus question. And so right now on YouTube, we're doing it on YouTube. So right now on YouTube, we have 551 people watching right now, but sadly, we only have 143 likes. That's just not going to do class. So we want to get those likes up to 310. That is our goal for today. So if you have not liked this video on YouTube, get into it because we got to get 310. And we're moving. I see we're at 150 already. So smash that like button and get us up to 310 so we can unlock our bonus question today because these are good. These are really good. All right. Let's go to um, let's go just uh, as I'm giving you time to unlock that bonus question. Let me do some housekeeping things. You can create a free account into the V2. All right. Um, and you're able to take a trial of the V2. It is unlimited trial. It is free. You don't have to put in any credit card information. So essentially, everybody on here should have either a free trial or my full program. Okay, because again, you can sign up, no credit card, go to remarnurse.com forward slash free, 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 free. Um, using the coupon code, it is expiring in just a few days. The code is invest because we want you to invest in yourself. That's what we want you to do. The quicker that you invest in yourself, the quicker that you can get your license, have that nursing income, start living your best life. But you have to be willing to invest in yourself, invest time, invest the effort, invest in coming to these classes. These are all part of doing well. All right. And so my full program, most of you guys do have the quick facts upgrade to the videos because they're going to be helpful. All right. We are getting into our first question. Again, we've done the content. We've reviewed the subject. Now we can do questions. And this is the order. Okay. This is the order that you study content and then questions. First question is this. I love it. A nurse is about to give an injection to a patient. Okay. The patient is concerned that his insides will leak out once the injection is pulled out. The nurse knows that this thinking is aligned with what stage of PJ's cognitive development. 
Number one, sensory motor. Two, pre-operational. Three, concrete operational. Four, formal operational. Hey, Remar nurses, you actually are only 10 away from the light goal. I don't know how you did it, but you are just 10 away, almost there. What a way for a classroom to work. <laughs> and I see comments on the screen. I see some twos, some threes. I'm looking for the right answer, okay? The right answer on today is going to be number two, pre-operational. Did you get this one? Remember, pre-operational um, thinking is concrete and it's very literal. So one um, uses specific explanations for an event as a way to explain situations that are different from the original one. All right. So you have to convey that to children in this age that when I pull this needle out, I am not going to pull out the rest of your organs too, okay? Because we could be saying that this medication is used for this organ to help you and the person is totally confused about how this painful thing is going to help them, all right? So did you get that one right? All right, let's move on to the next question. Number two is this. Oh, this is a good one. The nurse is conversing with an adolescent based on Piaget's theory. Which of the following thought processes is appropriate for this stage? Number one, shows a clear understanding of spoken words. Two, provides solutions based on here and now. Three, opens abstract reasoning to prove a point. Four, follows a rigid logical thinking pattern. Oh, what are we going to say about this particular question? And think about the four stages and the age group we are now talking about. I see you getting it down to either two or three, which is good, but you will get the right answer on NCLEX when you have studied the content not just by doing questions. And we have studied the content of this. We know that three is going to be the correct answer because at in the adolescence phase, they do have the ability to unlock abstract reasoning, okay, to prove a point. So formal operation stage is evident in adolescence. And if you've ever had a discussion or a debate with a teenager, you know that they can get scientific. <laughs> you know that they can have all of their ducks lined up to prove why they need to be able to stay out at till 11 o'clock on a school day. They're going to be ready. So um, when the stage of is reached, adolescents are capable of thinking in terms of the possibility, what it could be rather than what it is limited to or what it is already is. That's concrete thoughts. Great job, everybody. All right, let's do number three. This is uh, kind of like a next-gen format question because there's two um, X, Y that you have to get right. So let's read. A child begins to understand that if two plus three equals five, then it follows that five minus three equals two and five minus two equals three. This shows that the child has mastered the concept of blank, which is persistent 
in the stage of, in the blank stage of Piaget's cognitive development. So here we go. Number one, convention to concrete operations. Two, mastered the concept of induction, which is pre-operational. Three, mastered the concept of reversibility, which is concrete operations. Or four, mastered the concept of deduction, which is formal operations. Go ahead and put your comments on the screen. Smash that like button. And we are working together on this Monday. It's a beautiful Monday. This is a Monday you have never seen before, ever. So understand the gift that is in front of you. It's a new day. Correct answer is three, reversibility. And just check out the operations here. Two plus three equals five. Then that means five minus three equals two. That's reversibility, right? And it is applicable in mathematics as reversible operations, okay? For example, addition and subtraction are reversible operations because one can reverse the effect of addition by subtracting the same value. This concept is mastered in concrete operational stages. So again, if you're just joining me, we've already talked about the four stages. So it would behoove of you to go back and listen and take notes. Also get quick facts, okay? If you don't have this book, because the subject again is explained here, okay? So what we do on Mondays is to make sure that we are studying consistently and also understanding the subject, all right? Good job, everyone. Good job, everyone. Question number four is this, all right? A nurse is caring for a three-year-old in the hospital admitted with bronchial asthma. Which of the following actions is most appropriate to keep the child calm? Number one, always smile when giving IV medications. Two, ask the mother to stay and give a medication. Three, spend time to play with the client. Four, encourage the client to ask questions. Oh, this is a good one. I'm so glad I put it on here because I see that the answers are varying, meaning that you are not on the same page as your classmates about what is the right instance here, what is the right priority. So the right priority, okay, the right priority and the right way of thinking for a three-year-old is going to be number three. It is going to be number three spend time to play with the client. The most important way for them to learn. So toddlers communicate through play. It also eases them on stressful events such as hospitalization. All right, nonverbal messages have to be consistent with the actions and the spoken words. So even if you thought, well, if I'm smiling all the time, that'll help, but not if you are doing treatments that hurt the patient, right? Because then children can interpret it like, oh, you are smiling, you're happy to hurt me. They won't be looking forward to you coming into their room, okay? 
Um, option four is for the school-aged child. Option two is unnecessary, it's inappropriate. Let me go back to it. So a lot of you pick number two, ask the mother to stay and you stop there, okay? And you just saw keeping the mother around. Well, yeah, you're gonna keep the mother around, but you can't ask the mother to give the medication. That's not gonna be appropriate. And so remember, you have to read the NCLEX in front of you, not the one in your mind, okay? That one could be totally different. So you, you have to make sure that you don't give up too early trying to rush through these questions, trying to rush through these questions. Okay, um, I know I had somebody say they passed, but the comments are so fast, sometimes I miss them. So, um, ah, here it is. Uh, okay, <laughs> uh, hi, Regina slash Mark in the Remar family. That's you guys. I passed NCLEX RN at 85 questions, yay, um, on January 22nd. The minimum, that's great. It was my third attempt. Your motivation and prayers encouraged me each time I watched quietly online. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for letting me know that the work that we're doing here is not in vain. And even if you are not somebody that's commenting or sharing, I appreciate when you do. It makes me feel like I'm not alone here. But even if you're silently watching and praying, that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Congratulations to you. You guys were able to work together as a family, Remar family, who got shouted out. And we have 342 likes. So the goal was 310. You guys did it. And you were able to unlock the bonus question. Yay! Congratulations. Working together. Teamwork makes the dream work. And the dream was to, the dream was to get into the V2, right? get into the V2. So use the code invest, invest until January 31st. Let me put that out there. All right. Bonus question is this. This is a good one. I love it. I tried to distract you guys. Let me see if it's going to work. Nine-year-old client was recommended to undergo a complicated surgical procedure. Which of the following actions should the nurse prioritize? Nine-year-old Gonna undergo a complicated surgical procedure. Which of the following actions should the nurse prioritize? Number one, make sure the client understands the procedure. Two, reassure that everything will be the same after the procedure. Three, teach the client relaxation techniques. Or four, allow the client to bring a toy to the operating room. I'm so glad you unlocked this bonus question because it is not easy, but it is very important to understand what NCLEX would be looking for you to say if you were a safe, well-rounded nurse. And you might be shocked at this answer. Hmm, what would you say your nursing priority is in this situation? Whew. All right, Remar nurses, I can't tarry. I have to move on. I'm trying to give everybody an opportunity to answer. And I'm seeing things on the screen. All right, so the correct answer here, and if you didn't get it right, it's okay. You're here to learn, okay? If you didn't get it right, I want you to look at the right answer 
and then tell me in the comments why the right answer is the right answer, okay? The right answer is number three. Now, let's go back and I want you to tell me why number three is the right answer. I wanna read it in the comments. This is very important because I literally had people picking every one of these other options when three is the right answer. Why? Somebody tell me why we have to go with three in this situation. Because everything that you need to answer this, I gave you in the STEM, okay? I gave you in the STEM. And because of the fact that we already talked about the cognitive development, okay? So, um, hmm, let's see what this one says. It can't be two because you don't know if everything is going to be the same. <laughs> okay. I like that. Um, that's true. Anxiety. This procedure can give the child anxiety. Mm, because this, I love this, because the child can learn to relax. Okay. I want to know because there is no way a child would keep calm knowing they're going to surgery. Okay, that's a good question. You want to know why it's number three. Okay. Complicated surgical procedure. Okay. Complicated surgical procedure. This is the reason why number one cannot be right. Okay. You have a complicated surgical procedure. So, is it going to be the best use of the nurse's time, energy, interaction with a nine-year-old to make sure that they understand this complicated medical procedure? No, it's not. For two reasons. Number one, because the child is not there to give consent. A child cannot, number one, give consent for procedure. There's going to be an adult who does that. So it is the adult's responsibility to understand the advantages and disadvantages, right? Not the child's. That's number one. Child, children don't give consent. All right. Um, the second thing is that, yeah, the second thing is that the child does have the capacity to learn how to take deep breaths, Okay, how to imagine that they're in their favorite place. Okay, and so we want to make sure that we are lining up the clinical priorities, our nursing priorities, in a way that makes sense. Now, does number one sound good? Did I write a good distractor? Of course I did, because it captured a lot of you. Okay, even number four captured a lot of you. Why is number four inappropriate? Let's talk about number four. What is the problem with number four? Because a lot of people, they did um, pick allowing the child to bring a toy into the operating room. Oh, no, 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 no. Why don't we have that going on? Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> You're not bringing Mr. Stuffy. You're not bringing Bunny into the operating room. That's just not happening. Okay. And so we have to be very, very careful. Again, when we're reading, part of the struggle, part of the struggle of NCLEX is reading. 
It's nothing else. You guys know this information, but if reading isn't your strong suit for whatever reason, re reason okay, if, if it's not your strong suit, then you'll, you'll be able to um, get hung up on things that you have no business getting hung up on. You know good and well that you cannot bring outside things into the OR. That's just not happening. They don't even allow people in there. So you're not going to bring a toy from home into the operating room. It's just not happening. And so when you're taking your NCLEX and you pick things like this, it's a red flag. And then you fall below the passing standard. Not that you're not going to be a great nurse, but you chose something that was unsafe. And so you can't get your license if you're not going to be safe. All right. These are very basic principles. It's not... Um, you know, it's not always critical thinking. Sometimes if I give you guys the challenging things, you do well, but then it's the simple questions that you miss. And so we have to focus on the content here. We have to focus on the content, the, the strategies and the test taking strategies. Y'all, y'all, the other people do that kind of stuff. I got to get y'all focused on the fundamentals of safety, right? And so that's what we do here. So I'm glad that you showed up for class today because that is what we did. PJ's um, cognitive development, it's not a difficult topic. It's a lot of memorization. That's why I put it in quick facts. And then we talk through it today in class. Okay. And that's the benefit of you coming to class. So four out of five was my goal standard for you. Four out of five, correct. How did you do? And now I am assuring you that you have reviewed this subject thoroughly so that if you get a question like this on your NCLEX exam, you will be like, woo, woo, I'm ready. I'm ready. You can't get past me with PJ's cognitive development because I have studied it with Remar. Okay. And that is the goal. So thank you for attending the motive, the, um, the, the thinking, the studying portion. I want to remind you guys that we do have a special class coming up it is February 12th and 13th. I do want you to um, set your calendars for it. There will be a sign up process for Love Your Content. We're just, oh, there it is. Sign up for it at remarnurse.com forward slash love. That's how you sign up for it. So you just go to my website, remarnurse.com, and then you put in the love, and then we're going to be good. Okay. <laughs> then we're going to be good. And things are working out in real time. I don't know what else is happening, but. February, we have one event that we do together and it is called Love Your Content. Love Your Content. It's two days. It'll probably be in the night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So set your alarm to join me there. All right. Safe nurses all around. Um, and, and that is the, the goal for us. Now, another thing that I um, want to tell you guys again, I'm wrapping up for the final time, this coupon code INVEST. Mm, invest. And so that will be ending the end of this month. I love this motivation for today. All right. This is one of the most important things that we also do on Monday. We, we try to focus on more than just education here at Remar. We also know that you have another part of you that is your spiritual self. And if we can uplift and speak to your spiritual self, if we can feed you with spiritual food, then you can be just as strong, just as strong. And with all of the hustle and bustle that's going around, 
in our daily lives, it is sometimes hard for us to just sit and position ourselves to either hear what God is saying to us or spend some time in a devotional environment. And so I love Mondays because I get to do that with my favorite people, which are which are you is you. you. So our devotional for today is worry ends where faith begins. And if you've ever watched a comment in this live or heard from somebody that has come back and spoken directly to you, you'll get this. So this is the story of Jesus healing a paralyzed man. And I honestly want you to see yourself in one of two positions. Either you are the paralyzed man or you are the person helping the paralyzed man. I think we can be both, but it comes from Matthew chapter nine. And just a little background of Matthew chapter nine. This is where Jesus is healing people left and right. Like, so he comes back to town. This is the story of him healing the woman with the issue of blood, the woman who's been bleeding for a long time. He's healed this man. He's healing all type of people. But specifically what I love about this is that it says in scripture, Jesus got into a boat and crossed over and he came to his own city. Have you ever tried to do some amazing things or told people about the things that you wanted to do from people who knew you? And they are just like, girl, you can't, you know, or you ain't, or you come from. This is kind of the thing that Jesus had to deal with. People in his own town where he grew up, they struggled to believe he was who he said he was. Man. So anyways, he's back in his own city. And then behold, they brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And I put this picture here. This picture says it all for me. The man had people who loved him so much that they tore the roof off of a, a house to drop the man. Have you ever heard this story before? They lowered the man down to Jesus. You talk about some friends. You talk about some people who love you. Would you be willing to do this for somebody that you knew? Would you be willing to do this for somebody that you knew? Look, look at what they did. They brought the man to Jesus. And sometimes we think when it comes to God, that we have to do the most, that we have to come to God and we have to say, oh God, I'm sorry. Oh God, you know, I'll never do it again. But I love this picture because what did I just read? It said, when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith is he talking about? Is he talking about the man's faith? No. He's talking about the community surrounding the man. Come on, Remar nurses. Come on, Remar nurses. He's talking about the Remar family that comes on and says, you can do this. He's talking about the community that says, we're gonna get you to Christ. We're gonna, we're gonna pray that you get here. We're gonna work that you get here. 
I mean, come on. Jesus saw their faith. I don't even know if the man was a believer or not, but he had people who believed in the son of God. He had people around him who said, you might not be able to see this, but I'm going to take it to Jesus for you. I'm going to take you and your problems to Jesus because you're a paralyzed person right now. All right. And so, like I said, we have the power to pray for each other. We have the power to speak life to each other. We have today. Who are some people right now that you could be interceding for that they can't do it because they're paralyzed? They're paralyzed with addiction. They're paralyzed with, you know, grief. They're paralyzed with, with, with um, discouragement and, and, and unbelievement, right? And if it's you, maybe you're the paralyzed person and you're able to say today, I need somebody to pray for me. I'm feeling weak. I'm feeling, I'm feeling paralyzed with fear. I'm feeling anxious. I want you to know that right here, you are amongst people who believe in the power of Jesus Christ. And this is what I love about the Bible is that it gives us a picture of God that is a true picture that Christ is willing to stop and recognize intercessory. He is willing to go and he's willing to speak life and heal people, not because of their own faith, but because of the faith of somebody else. So what are you believing God for? What are you trusting God for? How are you bringing somebody else to Jesus? Oh, that just, it just, it just, this picture just motivates me. It burns in my heart. Because we, we feel like we can give people so many material things and we can buy them presents and Valentine's Day. We'll be giving people, you know, candies and chocolates and cards and stuff. But give people Jesus. Give people. And, and what Jesus says is, son, your sins are forgiven. Right? That's the greatest gift that you can give somebody. He also... You know, he also helped him to walk again. And, but the, the priority was that bringing somebody to Christ makes them whole. And that is not necessarily a physical thing. That is a spiritual thing that translates into the physical for you. Oh, man. But the people were mad, man. And at once, when Jesus did this miracle, the scribes said within themselves, this man blasphemes. But Jesus, knowing their hearts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise and walk. But check this out. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And he arose and departed to his house. Now, when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, 
who had given such power to men. You guys, the miracle that you are believing God for, he can surely do. He can surely do. But it is up to you to believe in his promises and to know that everything works together for the good. And it is important for you to know that if God is delaying something, I heard this today, if God is delaying something, there is a reason. And you have to continue to trust him until your time comes. But what you can do while you wait is intercede on somebody else's behalf. Because we know that God loves a praying man and a praying woman. Oh my goodness. I'll never be the same again after reading that story, seeing that picture. All right. And so that just makes me also so encouraged by the community that we have here, because what we do is definitely pleasing to the Lord. What we do is pleasing to the Lord. When we make time to sit and just think about his goodness, think about what he's done for you. And if he never does another thing, you indeed have been blessed because your sins have been forgiven on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 God is so good. He is so good, man. Jesus, our takeaways. Jesus is willing to forgive sins and heal the people that you pray for. Don't be discouraged by how other people see your blessings. Jesus can give commands, but what we need to do is take action. All right. So we don't have to wait for God to come to us. We can go to him. We can bring others to him. And you don't even have to leave your house to do it. You can do it right now. You can do it right now. Um, thank you so much for attending Monday Motivation across the nation. My name is Regina Callion. Hi there. I am happy to be your NCLEX instructor. I am happy to um, intercede on your behalf in many ways. But at the end of the day, our journey together will be short, but it will be long lasting in spiritual things. And I think that's the most important. <sighs> I can't wait for you to get your nursing license and become a Remar nurse. But ultimately, I cannot wait for you to have a fulfilled life in every way that you dream. You can do it. You can do it. I say this and I mean it. You can. You will. And you must pass NCLEX. Bye-bye.